0: Hi and welcome to Leitrim Daily. It's episode 104 of the podcast and you're listening to me briefly early and I am taking a trip north to the lovely little sleepy village of Rossinver and the Organic Centre and I'm joined by Jan Melia and Dervila Keegan here in the centre. Girls welcome to the show. Lovely to be here, nice to be here. We're going to start or maybe look back at the centre and the history of the centre over the last 24 years. Tell me about how this was founded back in 1995?
1: Well, it was a greenfield site. Basically, there was nothing here but but Leitrim fields. And uh, so then a group of growers and farmers got together and started to talk about, you know, producing organically, And from there, um, most of that was spearheaded by uh, an incomer called Rod Alston. And he then gathered people together to then create a group that then became the organic centre. So that group worked with Leitrim Development Company to find the fields and raise the money to buy the fields and then effectively start to experiment really with organic growing in this part of the country.
0: And what would the first steps have been in that process?
1: The first steps would have been Digging primarily. I mean, there was nothing here, so they had to build sheds. They had a compost toilet at that time as well, and then, you know, put a couple of sheds on and started to then grow organically. And so the polytunnels didn't come till a fair bit later, and in the interim period, they were growing in the ground potatoes, uh, cabbages, kales, things that we still grow outside, actually, and, you know, growing those organically. And at that time, there wasn't anything like it in the whole of Ireland, so it was really a pioneer organisation. And, you know, I always see it as a little bit of inspiration and a bit of madness to have taken it on. I mean, North Leitrim environment and, you know, the weather here is fairly tough at times. And so all of that was part of why they did it. So that, you know, to demonstrate actually that organic growing could be done anywhere. And actually they were forerunners in the country and in, you know, in Europe as well.
0: So how many growers would have been involved in that co-op essentially at the start
1: well in that original group there was about 10 or so and then they they formed the board then the committee and then it became a registered company and a registered charity and then some of those board members actually two of those board members are still here with us today so it's really good to have their experience and effectively that group that started it then started to structure themselves and they produced a regular newsletter and told everybody what was happening and tried to get the word out there about organic growing and how to get involved and how to be involved. And they, from the very off they attracted students and people who wanted to know more about organic growing from all over the planet as well. So. Immediately we had, you know, people from Germany and Japan and Spain here. And that's been something that's been a feature of the centre since that day, really, since the very first days.
0: We might as well ask the question about how or what is organic growing?
1: Okay, organic growing is effectively the way nature intended. So I suppose in a way it's a throwback to... Before we had, you know, nitrates and nitrogens and fertilisers, and so basically, it's growing with the seasons and it's growing without any fertiliser or any products
2: put on the crop whatsoever.
0: Darrell, I'm going to bring you in at this point. Can you tell us a bit about what your role here is in the Organic Centre?
2: Yeah, well, I'm marketing officer here at the Organic Centre, and I've been here since uh, January of 2019. I suppose. My role primarily is that um, the organic centre would have started off with um, approximately probably about six courses. And now we've got up to 80 courses and more every year. So every weekend there's courses maybe in organic growing or sustainable living and uh, people can travel from locally or uh, nationally from as far as Dublin or Belfast and it's a great resource really it's been fantastic as a way of getting people into the area as well so it's provided a huge um, resource for local people, local bed and breakfast owners, and the like as well so my my role uh, primarily would be I suppose um, promoting the the work that the organic centre is doing um, in the capacity that that I'm in at the moment so it's promoting the courses but also helping organize we have um, we've, we could have up to maybe eight to ten free events uh, a year so uh, again it's kind of promoting them we have apple day and uh, we've got potato day depending on the seasons we have a day <laughs>
0: let's focus on the courses for a minute before yeah. we go into the events we'll talk about them later on but I know you have a FETAC level five course which is yes. pretty much your your big one here tell us a bit about that course because I know you're recruiting at the moment for that for next yeah. year
2: well we have weekend courses that people can come on but also we have a full time level 5 uh, MS the MSL LETB are involved in funding this course for people and it's a year long course it's basically five days a week Monday to Friday and people can be subsidised uh, to learn to grow organically um, and this year we are really really proud actually because we've got um, a module in biodiversity and um, this is the first time um, that we have and we're this is us really reflecting the times and you're probably aware that in may uh, there was a biodiversity and climate um, emergency called by the irish government and i think we all need to be doing more to try to protect um the uh, nat- natural world we live in and i think this is going to really give people an opportunity to to get involved and do what they can uh, you know so we'd be calling people to um, go onto the m s l e t b site, uh, register there. You're interested, and they'll be able to um, contact you in relation to interviews, which will be coming up in about January, February. Um, yeah, and if you want to chat to people a, a little bit more about the course, because there's different modules, like there's plant ad- identification and use, there's teamwork, and there's soil science and growing, um, as well as the biodiversity. There's loads of different diverse um, um, modules in relation to the course. So we'd say. Give us a buzz here um, at the centre, and you can talk to Steve or Phil or Sabine in relation to the course. Or pop out—you know—we'd love to see you. You know.
0: In terms of the that course, what type of person should be looking at maybe getting on that course? What kind of profile of a person are you looking to actually recruit?
2: Well, I suppose we'd be we'd be working with Intro as well as the MSLETB, so it'd be people really maybe on the live register. You could you will get subsidised in relation to that. So it's you know we're looking at any age group really it's, it's people who are just interested in learning to grow and people who are um, connected with the world want to do something really it's a great quali- qualification to have a lot of people uh, use it then to go maybe to the IT Sligo and do further education from that so you know.
0: And would there be many employment opportunities out of that? What kind of work might you be directed towards or would it be a thing that you'd have to go and do that extra course afterwards?
2: Well, I think it does certainly help uh, to go further, yeah, but it's a really good grounding, you know, if you want to kind of further uh, go into uh, working in relation to kind of uh, growing yourself, but also maybe working uh, in the food industry in relation to it. A lot of our ex-students have gone on to do um, really great stuff, you know, and set up businesses themselves from the course. It's a really good grounding to get to good good resource to good grounding to get started in in the area of growing and in, in, for business in the future.
0: I love the idea as well that maybe someone who's interested in getting involved in the food industry as a, a chef mm. or something like that might come yeah. and actually learn about the yeah. ingredients and the products and, and how things are grown so they can appreciate maybe the quality of the food that's coming in from suppliers down the line. Yeah. Jennifer, come back to you. Tell us about your role and, and what you do here.
1: I'm general manager. And I've been here since May, just this year. Um, so I do I do everything really from fixing the toilet to raising grants and funding because we're a charity and we you know we're part funded by government about half and half part of our money comes from government and then the rest we have to income gen on because we're a social enterprise so we have to generate that money all the time so we're always looking for project money project funding you know and also increasing sales but also partnership development in the area as well because Simba. It's small, small, but it's a bit of a hub as well, because there are a couple of other community organisations here. There's the Community Centre and the Ballast Centre. So all the time we're trying to figure ways of working together so that we increase not only the infrastructure here, but also opportunities and also bring in more tourists as well, because if you've got a number of things to offer tourists, you put more bums on seats and they stay longer. So...
0: Now, you mentioned the courses, and we we spoke about one in particular, but I don't know which one you want to jump into on this one, but there are other courses here as well that people can do just on a, on a once-off basis, maybe for over a day or over a weekend. What are, I suppose, the, the bigger attractions in those respects?
1: Like Dervila said, those we started off with six courses back in 1995, and now we've got over 80, and they're about dipping your toe in all things organic, so we do everything from cheese making to building your own house which again is a nice broad so after
0: a weekend you get a whole, your own house <laughs> well, to after home a weekend
1: you. you'll know the theory about building your own house oh, for sure okay. for sure I was nearly in, an, in an eco in an eco-friendly way so yeah and you know and our big courses i suppose i mean the house the eco building is a great one cheese uh wine making uh stone walling or the whole array of things that you'll need if you're thinking about a DIY approach to your living as well and then we've got a great couple actually who live locally, who live on 6,000 um, euro, euro, euro per euro. annum and you go to their house and learn how they even manage to do that So, and they're quite inspiring, not that you could I couldn't probably do all of it but you could certainly pick up certain things that just make us a bit greener and a bit more in tune with nature and that, I think that's pretty important.
0: It sounds like minimalism meets tiny houses meets <laughs> Going sacrifices, a lot of sacrifices for 6,000 euros living costs a year.
1: I don't know how they do it. They're amazing, actually, and they're really inspiring. But yes, maybe not. It's not, you know, I don't think everyone could do it, but we could all learn something.
2: Yeah, definitely. There's wonderful tips like their house, how to insulate their house, how their, 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 their stove. How to they 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 grow on about an acre and a half, and they preserve their, you know, and dry their food as well. So there's so many different tips you can get from that course. It's incredible. Like so, everybody kind of walks away with some some something that save people money as well. It's about
1: being it, in tune with nature, but actually yeah. it's about saving money yeah. as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think anyone who can save a few quid for themselves, it's yeah. worth it as well as picking up a bit of an education. It sounds like there's a phenomenal range of courses. Where can people get more information on that?
1: Uh, well, we have a website, just Google the Organic Centre, uh, and we have social media. We do Instagram and we do Twitter, and Devil is really good at all of that, So makes, and keeps that information firing
2: out fresh and free uh, for everyone. Yeah, and we've mm. got a regular newsletter as well, so yeah. we're quite active online. Yeah. So people can sign up for that
0: email, isn't it? Yeah,
2: you can like, you can sign up basically if you go on our website you you'd be able to sign um, up uh, for our courses, or you just give us a ring here and we can sign up you up online as well. Oh, sorry, on the phone as well.
1: I mean, we do a lot of phone advice as well for people who are thinking about orchards and all of that sort of stuff as well. So there's always, you know, if we're, I mean, if you leave a message, someone will get back to you. But there's always an answer somewhere in the system waiting for you. <laughs> <coughs>
0: Now I'm looking here out at the window of the polytunnels, but to me also as impressive as the fact that the window is there in the first place. This isn't just a field, an open field. There is a lovely centre here. Jan, can you tell us a bit about the centre and what actually is available here in terms of facilities?
1: Okay, I I call it a glorified shed um, because that's exactly what it is. I mean this, but the centre itself, you know, the building itself was built on eco principles, so it's a dry build. There's nothing in it that isn't sustainable and the roof is a grass roof and that act, that improves insulation and it cools the building during the summertime. not that we get much sun but you know in theory so all of that's there in this building and again the building acts as a demonstration of what can be done as well so it was a uh, an architect called colin bell and it's based on the principles of a Another zeitgeist guy, uh, Walter Seagal, who lived in London and built a shed in his back garden, and got in trouble with everybody, but actually made a good name for himself as somebody who, you know, was a pioneer for sustainable builds. So. So the centre offers classroom space. We, we've we just had a massive event there at the weekend just gone. You can hire rooms. You can hire space in the garden. You can come in and talk to us about developing projects. The classrooms are you, all can hired, hire. you can, you can, can get married. You can get married. We've well. had, we've weddings. had, had weddings, yes. weddings as well. We've not done a few more yet, but maybe. Yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> maybe. We never know. You never know. Again, it's all with all the basic principles of pe- for people who want to just try something new and try getting back a little bit to the root of where we came from.
0: How important is the organic movement in the modern-day context of all the extra chemicals and all the, the pollution that's, that we're hearing about in the news all the time at the moment? I think
1: the organic movement is huge and you know, has gathered momentum over the last 25 years. I mean, we're talking about the food that you put on the table. We're talking about climate change. We're talking about, you know, biodiversity. A place like this, you know, we work with the insects and the bugs and the animals and the birds that are here. And whilst that's sometimes challenging in fact what it demonstrates quite clearly is it that can be done and we don't need to be poisoning the land we don't need to be you know putting sprays on everything to keep pests off because all of that can be done in a more natural way and actually that's something that we all need to be cognizant of in the current environment and you know trying to address climate change there's something that's on all of us because our kids have pointed that out quite nicely that that's on all of us and it's time to actually shape up in step up,
0: In, we mentioned before about saving money through organic means. But playing devil's advocate for a moment, the organic products have a reputation for being more expensive. When you go to a farmers market, the organic option is always like a little bit more expensive than the other. How do we get that message across as a society that that little bit of extra expense is worth it? I think... Um, or, is, or am I just going purely on reputation and perception? Is it more expensive?
1: Well, than... I think, funnily enough, I had a group of school kids in there a couple of weeks ago, and that's what they said about it. Oh, well, it's more expensive, Mrs. And yes, but that's about context, contextualising that because there isn't the same um, support financially for farmers who are growing organically. There's not the same... Um, you know, developed infrastructure for farmers who are are growing organically. And actually that's what we need to do with that is change that. You know, the Department of Ag here has a responsibility. They've stepped up in terms, you know, in terms of some of the policies, but there's a lot more work to be done and a lot more work in terms of making those policies real on the ground because policy is great, but then you need the practice and farmers need the support to change Uh, from what what they've traditionally done through to an organic process and we need the support for, you know, more information out there as well because actually those things need funded so that we understand what the difference is and why it's important and that farmers can make the jump from A to B without it costing them money.
0: Now, we did get distracted a little bit there. We were talking about the facilities actually on site here. What else is actually in the building?
1: Okay, in the building we also have a cafe and uh that's so we have a full cafe at the weekends so you can come and have a lovely meal and then during the week we have what we're calling an honesty box cafe so effectively you can get tea and coffee and buns and soup sometimes and bread, um depending on, on the day, and basically we don't you know it's a not not a set menu and you just pay what you think it's worth. And that was done because what we do is when people come here and make the effort to come, you really want to give them a cup of tea and feed them, really, I would expect a cup of tea if I walked through the door. So, and actually, it does quite work, and people are enjoying, you know, the idea of an honesty box cafe as well. I think people are kind of intrigued by it.
0: Because some people would say, "Oh, people will just come in, and take it, and leave, and pay nothing, or or throw in a couple of, of brown coins, a <laughs> couple of coppers to make them the clanging noise." We've all known, we all know people who would do that. We we might be those people ourselves sometimes. Time, how does How does that work? Do you make as much money as you would in terms of a turnover? Obviously, you don't have to staff it, which is a huge help, Mm. Um, but... Do you get the same kind of income from it as you would if you were to run it as a proper cafe? Uh,
1: the Part of the reason that we, di- we did it was because we don't always have the staff. and But I would absolutely say, hand on heart, that we get more money. And I think that's about the generosity of, of people and it's about giving them the choice. And it's also about the work that we do here so people see that, you know, I think it makes it quite clear that we're not just... Here for you know to earn where we are to earn money, but we're not just here. For, it's not about the money. It's about being part of and taking part. And I think that makes gives people the opportunity to be more generous, and they've all, and they always are. So that's really nice of them. And thank you very much to everyone who's contributed.
0: Derville we got uh, distracted earlier when we spoke about the events, and we said we'd come back to it later in the show. What kind of events? I know we featured Jan. You've been on the show before talking about Apple Day, which was a couple of weeks ago. I believe you mentioned Potato Day briefly. Yeah. What other various, do we have Avocado Day? Do we have, what other days have we got here in the Organic Centre?
2: Well, I'm glad you mentioned it because we actually have a a couple of events coming up even quite soon actually. We have a Halloween event coming up on the 28th of October. um, A Sawan event. So it's kind of Bank Holiday Monday when the schools are off. An opportunity for parents to come along with their children. We do a bit of Pumpkin carving, but also uh, get back to the, our roots and uh, a bit of turnip carving. And we'll, uh, we're trying to make it a kind of more green kind of Halloween. So what we're suggesting is if people bring maybe old children's costumes they have and we can do swaps and, you know, so we, we you know, the fashion industry, as you probably are aware, is kind of one of the biggest industries for admissions emissions so we're trying to um do our bit and 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 I know that people are trying you know it's 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 a big time of the year when people go out and maybe buy or consume uh you know unnecessarily, so it's a way just to you can swap your costumes we're also maybe going to give ideas about how you can up, up cycle your old costumes and stuff so we're going to have arts and crafts and we're going to have a bit of music and uh, you know quite it's going to be a buzz And we'll have some food as well pumpkin soup and the like so you know come along it'll be lovely to have people so that's from 12 till 4 on the 20 october the 28th and then hot on the heels of that we have another one of our supper clubs on october the 30th so we're really lucky we have a a fantastic chef, Uji, who who has actually done a a, a number of uh, supper clubs for, for us. And so it's very much from, you know, you can imagine like a lot of the produce will be coming from the the polytunnels you see here. So it's not far to, to go to the, to the plate from farm to plate. So, yeah, seasonal vegetables and will, that'll be from seven to ten. People can go online and book there online and we, we look forward to seeing people. It's and a again, fundraiser, basically, so it's very important people support it. We'd love to have people on board.
0: When you say online, you mean your own website?
2: On our website? Yeah, theorganiccentre.ie. I mean, really, that those supper clubs, we've come across
1: those to try and, you know, showcase the food. I had a neighbour um, up the road say to me, do you... Do you do you, do you just grow that organic stuff or do you have proper food? And so we came up, with, after that conversation with her, I came up with the idea, oh, let's have more supper clubs to show that actually organic is proper food. So, because actually, again, that's about know, people knowing. In fact,
0: organic is probably proper, proper food. Proper, yeah. proper food, yeah yeah, 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 exactly.
1: But, you know, that's the perception and, you know, that's what we're here to do is book that mm-hmm. trend and show people that it's just proper, proper food. Yeah.
0: And can someone just come along and any time of the week and just purchase products from you. Do you sell your own products
1: at Chicago? Yeah, we have a we have a good shop and we sell our produce in the shop and we've also now just we're experimenting with what we're calling a zero waste. So you can come with a jar and buy like sugar and flour and all of that. So you're not taking any packaging with your products. So it's organic flour and organic, you know, so that's another way that you know we're trying to do our bit as well. And then we have produce day on a Thursday where we take all the produce that we've got for that week is all harvested and bagged and pub sale and we also you know we sell to about eight or nine local cafes and shops and stuff so and we want to continue to do that as well because there's an awareness in the food industry that actually food tastes better when it's local when it's organic and when it's come from 10 minutes up the road than rather than from holland no offense to holland
0: (laughs) In terms of the listener who might be listening to this, maybe in Balnemore, Carrick and Shannon, or even down the road in Kinloch, what can they do to support the work that you do here? Like, is there a, a particular product that you'd like to direct them towards? Is there a, an event maybe that they might be able to come in on? on the course, what? How can they financially support you?
1: Um, I think financial support is in any way shape or form I mean we sell thousands and thousands of seeds every year so buying a packet of seeds for £2.50 and planting them in your garden supports us but also supports the organic movement in Ireland because all of those seeds are organic and then you'll end up with fantastic produce fantastic tomatoes or lettuce and you'll then start to see how tasty it is compared to something that's been sprayed and Done to death with pesticides.
2: Yeah, I suppose we're always looking for the next Chuck Feeney as well. If anybody, a philanthropist out there, wants Absolutely. to support a <laughs> poster too, it badly needed. So yes, from Absolutely. the seeds to the posts. Yeah, we'd and, be happy know, to accept. I mean, the other thing
1: that we're trying to do is support ideas as well. So if you've got a great idea and you're living in Ballina no More and you've got, oh, that's a genius plan, then come and talk to us, and we'll always listen. We might not necessarily run with it but we would certainly hear what you've got to say and try and work with you and that's key as well we're a good community resource and we need to be more of that and do more of that so
0: your 25th anniversary is next year what are the the plans to celebrate that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: <So>. <laughs> well, we're going to have um, I we're currently doing the whole schedule for next year, so I'm gonna we're gonna have a party week for sure, a whole week, a you whole week.
0: Do, you don't do things by house There's here There's no point. Is
1: there? There's no point. Yeah, a whole party week, loads of cake, loads of things to do, loads of kids running yeah. about, uh, bug extravaganzas. Um, uh, we were, uh, I'm gonna planning to get the stone wall guy yeah. to build us a twenty fifth anniversary wall. Well, it's crazy. Watch this space, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we
2: intend to have a big splash really for it yeah and a
1: big focus on biodiversity mm. and what we can all do at home to you know be kinder to
0: bees well listen girls it's been an absolute pleasure sitting with you for the last half hour or so chatting about everything organic thank you so much for the little tour and the the, the chat about everything that's going on here in Ross Inver. to Jan Melia and to Derville Keegan thank you so much and I wish you the very best of luck with everything and the 25th anniversary sounds great uh, thanks save me a bit of cake i
2: will do. Thank you. <laughs> thanks very much i'll be down for it <laughs>
0: <laughs> this of course is an episode of in focus here on leitrim daily it's episode 104 thank you very much for listening to the girls in the organic center thank you so much and they can get the you might give us the uh, website address there again
2: yeah www.theorganiccenter.ie and you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram as well
0: Excellent. So just Google the Organic Centre and it will all pop up on your Google machine. Thank you so much for listening today. Orla McNabola will be back tomorrow with the What's On guide for what to do over the next seven days in the county. I'll be back on Friday with a preview of the sports show. Talk to you then.